Welcome to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Join us over the next 60 minutes as we recap last week's matchups, preview the upcoming games, make predictions, and much more. Here's your host. Welcome inside Conference USA. Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer here with you on the program. New producer behind the glass, it's Alex Jackson. He's filling in for an ill Ben Cower. Ben is okay, but he's out this week. Week four, no Ben Cower. Alex Jackson will fill in, and you'll hear from him later in this program toward about 15-minute mark, 15 minutes left, right around the 6.15 point. Him and I will go through our picks. Justin will have to work downstairs. We've got sports view tonight as well, simulcast 6.30 to 7.30. So Justin will work his way downstairs to the TV studio, get ready for that about 6.15. So we'll do his picks at the top of the hour. But for the next 25 minutes or so, Justin, let's recap week three in Conference USA. Let's start with the Marshall-East Carolina game. It was an eventful football game. Marshall was up 17 points after three quarters, but a 21-point surge by East Carolina offensively gives the Pirates their first victory. Marshall collapses for its first loss of the new season. Yeah, you know, I think it, Andrew used the word right there. It was a collapse. I mean, Marshall had this game in the hands until the, in their hands until the fourth quarter, and then just a bunch of undisciplined mistakes on defense, and then East Carolina was able to quickly take advantage of it, and then you know East Carolina won the ball game. So if you're Charles Huff and Marshall. You know, as I said Saturday night, you have to quickly swallow the pill and move on because tomorrow night you have Appalachian State, and that's a very tough football team. But, I mean, just a horrible collapse and for the th- for the Thundering Herd, and it's not a loss that you want to have, but they had a chance late there, and, and Wells threw a, a costly interception. Turnovers was going to be key to the game, and Marshall just got caught with it. Yeah, definitely some missed opportunities, missed field goal, a couple of turnovers, uh, one Actually, two coming in the red zone. Corey Gamage fumbling uh, just shy of the goal line, fumbled at the two-yard line. The Pirates jumped on it into the in the end zone for a touchback, and then the final drive, Marshall down four points. Grant Wells throws an interception uh, with about seven seconds left or so to help seal that Pirates victory. But despite that, I mean, there was 80 combined points. Both offenses had over 550 yards of offense. Marshall put up 647 yards of offense. 214 of it on the ground, 433 through the air. So despite the missed opportunities, the red zone mistakes, the offense, Justin, was still there and still rolling. And the defense on the other side, for the most part, especially in the third quarter, played really well. But outside that third quarter, gave up a lot of big plays for the most part. And obviously that uh, surge of touchdowns from East Carolina in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that cost them a game. But Andrew, as I mentioned, you know, they have a quick turnaround. You're going to be down in Boone tomorrow night at the Rock for uh, Marshall and Appalachian State. All right, we'll get to the next game on the Saturday slate. Uh, Louisiana Tech took by narrow losses. They lost an, another close game. They lost to SMU 39-37. Andrew, your thoughts on this one? What a football game uh, that's, this one was. Louisiana Tech, quite frankly, should have won this football game. SMU won the game on a 33-yard Hail Mary from quarterback Tanner Murdockai. He found Reggie Roberson, who used to play at West Virginia. I don't know if he really played there, but he committed to West Virginia, was there for a season or two, transferred, ends up at SMU, and he comes down with what was the Hail Mary ball. But Louisiana Tech uh, played really well in this football game, and Austin Kendall with another good performance, 350 yards and four touchdowns for him. The big concern really 
in this 39-37 loss. I think for the Bulldogs is defensively, especially the secondary struggled. Murdochai for SMU nearly throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns in this football game. So the, the La Tech secondary struggles and kind of is the reason they lose this football game off the Hail Mary. But overall, uh, this is a good La Tech football team and narrowly uh, was able to escape and, and win that football game at home, just lost on that Hail Mary. Tough way to lose a game, but now this is twice that Louisiana Tech has blown a chance to win this to win two football games. They're one and two, and the other loss comes to Mississippi State by one point. One point, and Louisiana Tech was up 31 to 14. So this is the second time they have lost in the fourth quarter late in the football game. So this is a Bulldogs team that's one and two, Justin, but could easily be three and zero. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, I think you look at the Bulldogs, I think, you know, 24 for 39 by Austin Kendall, 351, four touchdowns, one pick. I mean, he had a great performance and just another defensive mistake there for Louisiana Tech. That cost him this football game. But look at looking at the third down percentage, only 5 of 11. That's, you know, that's kind of not a good performance on third downs when a lot of times on third downs, that's kind of like, you know, not all of them are third and short, but a lot of, sometimes you will have a long third down, but you got to convert those third and shorts a, a lot more efficiently, and so that also got to cost La Tech the ball game late. Let's move on. FAU took down Fordham 45-14. to It was a close game after 30 minutes of football. It was FAU 14 and Fordham 7 at the half. Two rushing touchdowns got FAU on the board. Then the offense picked it up. A couple of passing touchdowns from quarterback Nikosi Perry. Helped blow that football game open in the third quarter and eventually lead the Owls to a 45-14 victory. A solid performance from Perry, uh, really on both both passing and rushing. 278, a couple of touchdowns through the air and then 30 yards rushing as well as a touchdown on the ground too. So he was really solid in FAU's 2-1. I'll, I'll, I'll use the old expression, are you not entertained? Because I thought that was, this was a group, solid performance there by Florida Atlantic. You know, I was, I was thinking about this after reading about this game Sunday morning. I feel like a lot of Conference USA's that struggled has struggled this year against non-Division One FBS teams, and I think that's just like a theme throughout the conference. When you're an FBS school, you should be able to blow out a a, a uh, an, an FCS team. That's been the pattern with the entire conference. All conference hasn't been able to do it extremely well. So, Florida Atlantic, I mean, a dominant win. You want to get a winner, you know. You, you were expected to beat Fordham. You beat Fordham. But, I mean, now, you, you know, you have one last non-conference tune-up with the Air Force Academy this week. But then, you know, look at the rest of the season. It's in conference play. So they, they're going to have to really have a good, successful week. But good one final tune-up before a non-conference play, before conference play begins. Yeah, a couple of times now we've seen FBS teams in, in conference. USA struggle. Marshall uh, was only up 6 to nothing against NC Central. Early in that football game, a game the Marshall was heavily favored in, but eventually was able to find its stride and able to get a sizable lead. It took FAU uh, more than just the first quarter; probably took them till the third quarter. It did to finally able to gain a, about two to three touchdown lead. But overall, I think it's a good win for FAU. Back-to-back wins at home now. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that's a coaching mindset either. The coaches want to win the game. I think that's a player mindset. Like they're undervaluing the opponent. You mm-hmm. can't do that because like when you start undervaluing opponents, you're going to lose a game that you're not supposed to lose. And, and, and you know, Florida Atlantic got lucky there, or at least at halftime. All right, let's go to the Alamo Dome. Uh, UTSA three and zero. 
They took on the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, 27-13. to uh, Andrew, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Conference USA matchup here. These two teams met last year. UTSA was able to survive last time and able to do so here, winning uh, by a couple of touchdowns. And really, both of Middle Tennessee State's touchdowns come late in the football game. UTSA scored 27 points and was up 27 to nothing with eight minutes left in the football game. And then finally, Middle Tennessee State's able to get a couple of touchdowns late on passes from Chase Cuttingham. That's why this ends up being a closer game on the scoreboard. But to be honest with you, it was all UTSA from the get-go. McCormick was good, over 100 yards. Harris does turn the football over a couple of times uh, with two interceptions, but overall he was pretty solid, 264 and two touchdowns through the air as receivers Franklin and Cephas were good again as well. So overall, I think we knew coming in it was going to be a UTSA win more than likely. UTSA was the team that needed this game, especially to start off conference play with a victory, and they did it really in a large fashion from the get-go, able to uh, get all over the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders from the jump and, and take care of business for what was an easy win. Very thrilled with the UTSA's performance. Uh, you know, I think they're one of the best teams in this conference. I think they're going to go far this year. You know, they held Middle Tennessee for 2-14 to 14 on third down, so that's, uh, that's impressive. They have very good defense. Their offense was dominant. Would have liked to see a little more of the rushing attack. I think we've talked a lot about McCormick this year. I feel like they're I feel like Trailer and the staff they're kinda of holding him back a little bit. You know he's a good if you have a very talented running back, you actually have to kinda of let him run. You can't just let him do like a couple yards and that. So that's the only real disappointment I have in this game is they didn't they've not really with really their season, they really have not let McCormick run as much as I, I was hoping he would be. I think it raises a question for Middle Tennessee State and that coaching staff at quarterback on the flip side now. Bailey Hawkman, the starting quarterback, transfers from NC State, 5 of 12, 41 yards and a pick. He struggled. Chase Cunningham, the backup, as mentioned, comes on and throws a couple of touchdown passes. He completes 50% of his passes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So now all of a sudden the Blue Raiders with one conference game under their belt. Have a little bit of a quarterback battle here between Cunningham and Hockman. Who's going to get the start maybe going forward? Maybe it's um, a week-by-week situation. Maybe Cunningham's going to get the start next week uh, when Middle Tennessee State will take on Charlotte for a Friday night clash with another conference USA game and no time for Middle Tennessee State to waste because then the following week you've got Marshall. So it's going to be interesting to see the quarterback position, the battle. How does that go about and what does Coach Rick Stock still do with that position? Yeah, and I think right now you have a quarterback battle, which, I mean, you, you ideally want to have that tuned up before you get into conference play. They really don't have that. And, and it's not a major problem, but it's a problem. And, and you know my opinion on Middle Tennessee this year, which I don't, I don't think they're a good football team. Am I surprised they lost? No, but... I mean, 199, 199 passing yards. I mean, that that's just bad. I mean, the the quarterback play there is horrendous. So there there needs to be a little bit of a relook in. But I think you're at the point in the season they're not going to make a change midseason. But I would think mid maybe end of the year, 150 passing for for Cunningham, but 190, 191 total offense, 199 total offensive yards, 29 passing. That's a problem. So I'll, I'll put a pin in it there because. Because of Mama, that there, it's just there. There needs to be a lot of lot of work done over there. Let's go to Liberty and Old Dominion, a non-conference matchup for the Monarchs going to 
face the Flames, and this was a football game that was actually quite close for a while. It was a 28-17 game at halftime, but Old Dominion gets shut out in the second half and falls 45-17. We knew going in, Justin, I think that Liberty was a good football team. Malik Willis is an excellent quarterback. He totals up all six touchdowns for the Flames, four with his arm and two with his leg in this victory and Old Dominion offensively looked good early the running game was there we know that's what they're going to rely on DJ Mack Jr. the quarterback for the Monarchs was solid through the air 134 and a touchdown um, but just really not enough offense consistently enough to be able to keep up with Malik Willis and the Flames. Yeah Liberty's a Liberty's gonna be a top 25 team at the end of the year you you can put me down on that on the record because this is a very good football team and for Liberty that this was their first conference USA game of the year they got three more left. They got UAB, Middle Tennessee, and North Texas. All winnable games for Liberty. But look at this performance. I think another dominant night for Liberty. You know, Malik Williams, 21 for 28. I think he's, you know, he's an independent, so not going to get a lot of love for awards, but I think he's a very top-quality quarterback. You know, but this is an inside Conference USA show. I'm going to focus on Conference USA. DJ Mack Jr., they, they got to figure something out at quarterback. Ricky, I mean, Ricky Rain brought in a transfer from Maryland. At this point in practice, I think you got to start looking at other guys at quarterback position because Mac's obviously not the guy for you at this at this point in the season. He just has not put up the numbers. I don't think they've won it. So I don't know how long it's going to be before they maybe start looking around at another QB. But, I mean, minus 24 rushing. They have to work with him a lot more on getting out of the pocket and moving around because that's what a lot of the game is now. You have, it's no longer like the Tom Brady just stand in the pocket, throw. You actually yeah. have to be, be mobile and... Minus 24, I mean, yeah, that's a problem. That's a good credit to Liberty, too, I think, for shutting him the, down. Because yeah, when you look back at the first two games, it's an Old Dominion team that's really heavily relied on the run. Hasn't had much attack through the air. So to make Mac uh, really just one-dimensional, make him really a passer, rather than allowing him to escape out of the pocket, was something that the Flames did well in this football game, especially in the second half that led to the shutout in that second half. I mean, look at, I mean, 201 total yards of offense, 67 yards rushing. So I, I think a lot of the year we've talked about, okay, you know, Old Dominion's a good rushing attack. I think they just got stopped. So I'm interested to see how they rebound. I mean, they have, you know, you know, the game that they got this week against Buffalo, that's a tough football team. I think they're going to really see a good level competition in, when they take on UTEP next Saturday on, on the 2nd of October. So I think they have a tough week this week, but they'll have a, they'll have a fair matchup with UTEP on, on the 2nd. We're going to take a break. We've got five more games to go to recap week three. So we'll take a break, recap the next five. You're listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Hi, this is Terrence Howard. My mother was the cornerstone of our family. She shaped me as an actor, a musician, as a human being. So when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, it was like our whole family got cancer. And she died when she was only 56, so this is personal. Now, hopefully, my heartbreak is your wake-up call. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer, but you can prevent this disease. Screening finds precancerous polyps so that they can be removed before they turn into cancer. I've been screened. If you think that you're at an increased risk like I am, ask your doctor when to start screening. And if you're 50 or older, get screened. I don't have my mother anymore, so please, do everything that you can to stay around for yourself and for your family. Screening saves lives. 
A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, this is Amari Bradshaw, two-time Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the worldwide leader of martial athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Inside Conference USA. Justin Zimmer, Andrew Rogers, our guest producer, Alex Jackson, behind the glass. Ben Cower is a little under the weather. We wish him well. Let's get back into the Saturday slate. We'll talk, we'll talk about Charlotte and Georgia State. Charlotte's had a very dominating start to the season. Upset Duke, beat Gardner-Webb, finally get their first loss this season against the Georgia State Panthers, 20-9. Andrew, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this one was a slugfest. We knew going in that uh, these two teams coming kind of in different directions. Georgia State was 0-2, and Charlotte was 2-0. And Georgia State did a fabulous job defensively, uh, keeping Chris Reynolds in check, 158 yards, and a touchdown for him through the air, and he only runs for 14 yards on the ground. So an excellent shot from Georgia State defensively, limiting what he was able to do with his arm and his legs. He only completes uh, just under 50% of his passes, and the two running backs, Camp and Bird, uh, were pretty much held in check as well. So this was a good effort. And, and how about this Victor Tucker, only one catch in this football game as well. So this was a dominating effort from Georgia State, despite going down early 7 to nothing after a quick score and Charlotte's only other points come on a safety that uh, was scored in the third quarter that gave Charlotte a 9-7 to lead. So this is a good win, I think, for Georgia State, a tough loss for Charlotte. And now this is back-to-back weeks. I've got question marks about the Charlotte offense. Didn't put up a great performance against Gardner-Webb in that victory. Reynolds struggled then, just 103 passing yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. So it's not been as dominating of a performance for the 49ers on the offensive end as it was in that week one upset victory over Duke. So a little bit of a concern for me, I think, with that Charlotte offense heading forward because it's back-to-back weeks now. The offense has kind of been held in check. You, you have offense concerns. I'm going to talk about the defensive side of the football. Pass defense I thought was good. They held Granger, they held Granger to 139. Rush defense a problem, 284 yards. It's not a glaring problem, but I think if you keep having – the rush defense be out bigger than the yards allowed. I think it's going to add up over time. They're lucky this week. They have Middle Tennessee. Charlotte's going to beat Middle Tennessee. I, I, I have no doubt about that. But then they got Illinois the next week. So they got to get it together because their, their conference schedule is tough. It, it, look at a couple games in particular. FAU on the 21st. Western Kentucky on the 30th. La Tech on the 13th. And Marshall on the 20th. So I think they have a tough conference schedule, and those those four teams, those four teams I mentioned, they have very good ground attacks. So having the rush defense outweigh the pass, the pass, the pass yards allowed, that's a problem now early on. Is it fixable? Yes, but they're gonna have to get it together before they get into conference play. Let's flip to another non-conference matchup: Texas Tech 54, FIU 21. It was 7-7 after the first quarter. FIU got the first points of this football game. It was a good drive. Nine plays, 88 yards. Devontae Price caps it off with an eight-yard run, and the Panthers look good early, take that 7 to nothing lead, and then Texas Tech uh, was able to battle back. They got a pick six from Max Bordenschlager to tie that game in the first quarter. FIU would give up a touchdown, but Bordenschlager found E.J. Wilson, tied the game at 14. But from the 9:38 mark, on in the second quarter and, and then into the third quarter. It was all Red Raiders scoring three consecutive touchdowns. Got a field goal to begin the third quarter, and from that point on, FIU 
uh, was in too big of a hole. But early on in this football game, the Panthers were right there with the Red Raiders. And if you take away that pick six early in the football game, FIU's offense was rolling uh, in this game. And who knows what happens. But again, we've talked about it plenty of times, especially in the first couple of weeks of the season, Justin. One or two mistakes changes the complexion of a football game. Old Dominion, when it played Wake Forest in week one, had the punt return yeah. after it was a four-point game. It's seven to three. You think you're going to go into the uh, second, you're going to regroup going into the second quarter just down four points instead of give up the punt return or the kick return, I believe it was, and you go down 14 to three. It was one of the two. It was like a special teams play. It was a special teams touchdown, but you go from being down four points to now, oh, we're down four, we're down 11 points, 14 to three. You, then your offense goes three and out. Wake Forest goes down another touchdown, and now all of a sudden, uh, the wheels come off the bus. Kind of happened here. The pick six trying to changes this game between FIU and Texas Tech. Yeah, and I agree with you because I think the thing is, like, when you have a big play like that on special teams, it's very hard to regain your composure to kind of come back and fight back. But this is an interesting stat for you. Go ahead. Because I, I know you like stats. I love tra- stats. And transfer portal stuff. But here we go. This is from FIU's football accounts. Bordenschlager ranks third in the country right now, averaging 16.65 yards per completion. They have a good quarterback. He, it's kind of, to me, unfair to judge this game against a Big 12 team because this is the toughest team FIU's got to face on their schedule, just 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 talent-wise. They have Central Michigan this week. That's probably a losable game. They're in a very tough division in the conference, so they're not going to really have a lot of win success, but they have a good quarterback. This was just, I think the game just got off the rails, and I think they just weren't able to regroup. That's no one's fault. But you have to; they have to learn how to cut down on those mistakes and try to maintain composure at the entire 60-minute ball game. Not just try to—you can't get easily rattled because when you do that, that leads to many problems. Again, FIU falls 54 to 21 to Texas Tech. We'll continue on. Troy 21, Southern Miss nine. The Golden Eagles now one and two. Troy with the win gets to two and one. Interesting note: it was not Trey Lowe at quarterback. It yeah. was the freshman Ty Keys who got the start. He went 16 of 27, passing for 157 yards and two INTs, but the ground game was not there. No push from the offensive line. Frank Gore Jr., the heart and soul of Southern Miss's offense, 15 carries, 31 yards. He had one run of 10 yards. The next 14, 21 yards. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought Troy and Southern Miss were going to be a lot more evenly matched. I was surprised Troy was able to blow this out. But remember last week, Andrew, I was talking about how Will Hall has to figure out the quarterback situation in the QB room. He tries Ty Keys out. Tried it, yeah. I mean, it was a decent performance. Now, I don't... Is Keys the rest of the season starter? No one knows. Guarantee you this week they're going to have both quarterbacks in. Guess who they're playing? They're playing number one Alabama. Everyone's got to get in that game. I, I, you know, yeah. Th- th- there's... Alex Jackson's chuckling with us about, oh, that could be the upset of the week. That's not going to be the upset of the week. Alabama's going to – I don't even get why Southern Miss is even bothering to go down there. I really don't. Yeah, for the money. Yeah, just just uh, yeah, have a nice $1 billion payday and, and get your butts whipped on national television. But, uh, I mean, I, I, they tried the one quarterback. So I, I'll applaud Will Hall for that. You got to get a – it's going to be time for Southern Miss to win, to win ball games. Give it time. They're getting there. Shocked that they got blown out? Yes. This was very surprising. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer than it was. But oh, 
I wouldn't say necessarily 12 points is a blowout, but it, it definitely, for how this I thought it was going to be closer. It was 3 uh, nothing Southern Miss at halftime, and you give up 21 points in the final two, in the, in the second and, half. And that's and a composure a thing. Touchdown. And that's probably the players getting in their heads thinking, you know what? We're beating a team. Probably not going to have a lot of wins this year because we have to, we're trying to rebuild the culture. Let's just celebrate the win 30 minutes early. I think that's what happened. I think Marshall had the same thing. They celebrate the win too early, and they lost. Keep in mind here, too, Southern Miss, obviously the defense plays really well. Senior Eric Kitchen gets a couple of sacks in the victory or in the loss for Southern Miss, helped that defense able to shut out Troy offensively in that first half. On the flip side, how about this number? Troy with nine sacks in this football game. 16 tackles for a loss. Ty Keys, the quarterback, got the start. 19, 19 carries, minus 45 yards. Southern Miss as a team had negative yardage. Yeah, that, that's what's going to bring up. On the ground. I'll leave it at that. We'll move on. UAB, North Texas. It was a 40 to 6 dominating performance for the Blazers. It was really all UAB from the jump first half. Blazers went up 30 to nothing. Almost put this football game away. I told you, UAB is a great football team. They're going to win. If Bill Clark is not poached for a job at the end of the year, I'd be very surprised. But once again, though, they they really heavily rely on the ground. 173, passing 234. But Dustin Hopkins, 6 for 7. Tyler Johnson, though, 1 for 6. I don't don't know how much longer Johnson is going to be the starter in a. Birmingham. I think it's going to be Hopkins from here on in. I think he's done a lot better than uh, John- Johnson's done. But uh, looking at North Texas, I mean, UAB is a great football team. So the loss is not surprising, but 99 yards passing. You know, a lot of, a lot of having on ground. DeAndre Toy, a great game. 24 carries, 82 yards. No touchdowns, but they're building. You know, I think they're building, they're building the infrastructure there, Andrew. So I think it's going to take time, but UAB... Uh, not surprised they won this game. They're a dominant football team and very good way to bounce back after that Georgia game. Because I think after you lose to Georgia the way they did, where they were blown out 56-7, I think it's very easy for for a team like you. Think it's very easy to get in their head and be like, oh, can we compete with teams? Can we not compete? They were able to quickly bounce back, get that loss, compartmentalize it, and go back and rebound. So very very proud of UAB's composure. I really enjoyed what, I enjoyed seeing that they were able to rebound. Yeah, Hopkins, phenomenal performance, 6 of 7 through the air, 202 yards and 3 touchdowns, the big play, a big reason why it got Garrett Prince, the tight end, on a 61-yard pass. Shopshire caught a 38-yard touch, touchdown. Uh, Johnson with a 32-yard catch as well. Johnston, the third, did get the start, as you mentioned, struggled 1 of 6, 32 yards. A bunch of different guys run the football, totaling UAB's 173 yards and a couple of touchdowns. North Texas offensively, we knew the offense is always there, but I think this story is more about UAB's stellar defense holding what usually is a good North Texas offense in check and only to six points. The final game in week three, Rice and Texas. It was not a good week and, quite frankly, not a good day for the Owls as Texas dominated from the start. The Rice Owls winning this football game 58 to nothing. Anything there, Justin? Well, I'm, I'm going to be careful how I say this. Uh, well, uh, the rush defense was horrendous. Let, let, let's just start off with that. 427 yards allowed rushing. 
Now, I was very surprised with the, with this. I thought with Texas, I thought, you know, since the, I, I thought it would be more passing. I thought it would be the opposite. Passing yard would be a lot higher than rushing because I think, you know, Texas, I think Sarkeesian was going to bring over a very pass-heavy offense. But, uh, you know, surprised there. Rice, there's not much to say. I, there, there just really is. I mean, like I could sit here and give you, give you good coach speak, but uh, I mean, their passing completion was the completion rate was good, 19 of 24, but everything else was just horrendous. So, if you're Rice, I think you kind of just have. I mean, I don't know how many pills you swallow for this one, this loss. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do, but. Rice has been usually relatively good since we started this program and followed Conference USA heavily. They've been good, have the Owls, against good competition. They've been able to hang tight with some quality teams. Yeah. So this was a little bit of a shocker to me to see this type of result because in weeks past, no matter how good or how bad Rice is, they're able to keep it close. They kept it close with Arkansas before falling apart late in the second half. Didn't do it last week against Houston. And a blowout loss, 44-7. to Unable to do it this week again. And it seems like maybe quarterback is the question mark, too. They don't really have a reliable guy, and they don't really have a dominant running back at, the po- at this point they can rely upon. But, again, it's a dangerous team that when you get into conference play, anything can happen if you can put That's together some momentum. Yeah, and I, and I know our friend uh, Mr. Verzellini is a huge Owls fan. So, uh, to, to any Owls fans uh, listening, and particularly Mr. Verzellini, I, I think the Owls are okay. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. Texas Southern this week, that will most likely be a win. Southern Miss, U- Southern Miss will probably be a win. UTEP will probably be a win. Could probably pick up a game somewhere along the way. They, they can probably finish the year with four wins. I think the thing is this. They played a very tough non-conference schedule. So if you're going to start raising the alarm bells and be like, "Oh, let's get Bloomgren fired," relax. They played a non. Yeah, they played a very schedule. difficult non-conference schedule. You can't hold them to fault for that. If you're going to play Texas, I don't care who the coach is at Texas. It, it could be a. Uh, they could bring someone out from the stands and coach Texas with that talent. Texas is going to win the ball game. So it just would have been better on paper and to watch and see that result for it to be a little bit closer and to sh- show a little bit of a competitive football game and yeah. that's it wasn't it wasn't really that in the in these final two but, non-conference but games. I just think it's just who they're played it, they're it, playing but, good fo- football teams yeah man. the only the only thing though is just years past these owls have always been competitive they have kept the games close no matter who that non-conference opponent is I'll, I'll go back and pull up some of the schedules here if I have a moment here um, just to go through and go mention some of time. these. We'll go to 2019, and then we've got to take a break. Alex Jackson's enjoying the show. All right, pulling up Rice football. Okay, here we go. Army by a touchdown. They did get blown out by Texas last time. Okay, but again, just remember who they played. They played Texas. That, that's not... A ranked top 10 Baylor in 2019 only lost by a touchdown. Only lost by a touchdown to a good Army team that won a bunch of games that year. Yep. And a, a two-score loss to Wake Forest that same year as well. So, again, that's... Just mentioning that the Owls have usually kept it close in certain games and unable to do that relatively well in those three games. And uh, conference uh, I'm just saying that now that Baylor coach in the NFL, Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. So there you go. All right, we'll take a break here on Inside Conference News. And when we come back, Justin will make his picks. We've got a little bit of a different breakdown for the second half and how we approach previewing week four in Conference USA. Justin's picks and Ben's. As well, next, you're listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. 
This neighborhood sure has changed in my lifetime. You know, there was a time when people like me couldn't live here because of their race or the color of their skin. I'll never forget how I felt being told I wasn't welcome in this neighborhood, that this apartment was for whites only. That got better over time, but some people still didn't get equal treatment when it came to finding a home. Well, I own this building now. The Fair Housing Act made a difference for someone like me. It gives us the opportunity to live in communities of our choice, free from discrimination. The Fair Housing Act makes it illegal to discriminate in the renting or selling of a home because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, familial status, or disability. If you believe you have experienced housing discrimination, contact HUD at 1-800-669-9777 or go to www.hud.gov slash fairhousing. This is former Marshall All-American, current Philadelphia Eagle, Vinnie Curry. Keep it locked right here on the worldwide leader in Marshall Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Back inside Conference USA, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Back here inside Conference USA. We'll get to the picks here for this week. Justin and Justin will make his over the next five, ten minutes here before we let him get downstairs for Sports View. And then I will go through and select, and well, not select, but read off Ben's picks that he has messaged me and has notified me who he wants the listeners to know he is choosing for this week. We'll start with his bullseye. He likes Tulane over UAB. Tulane's going to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. He does not see Tulane losing at home in the first game since the hurricane, plus UAB has had a little bit of quarterback controversy. Johnson the third got the start. Hopkins played better, so interesting to see. He is interested to see how that UAB offense will operate on the road against Tulane. So he likes Tulane as his bullseye three-and-a-half cover there. Also worth mentioning, after week three, the records, Justin and I are 32-5. and five. Ben is 31-6. and six. Justin, we'll start there with your picks, UAB Tulane. Yeah, I agree with Ben on, on the quarterback problem. I, I think Tulane's a good football team, I mean, in the American, but, again, I'm going to go with Tulane because of this. If you're Tulane right now, you don't know who's going to start the game. So I think you're preparing for both quarterbacks, but... If Johnson starts, Johnson has not been well this season. He's not he's, he's not been the way he's normally been. Give me Tulane, but this is going to be a close game. We'll move on. Again, these are Ben's picks, and I will talk about these games after a break with Alex Jackson. We're going to get Justin downstairs. So this is Ben's pick. We've yeah, got we Middle have, Tennessee State. We have a celebrity State. picker this week. Yeah, celebrity. We have to start doing that guest picker every week. All right. Middle Tennessee State, Charlotte, a Friday night clash. Ben likes Charlotte at home. Well, you know my opinion on Middle Tennessee. Uh, they're not. They're, they have a lot of problems there last week. Last week's game really concerned me against uh, against a good opponent. So, give me Charlotte. I think this game's going to be close. Uh, Charlotte didn't really have a great week on uh, with rush defense against Georgia State. So, give me the 49ers. We'll start the Saturday slate at noon. FIU will travel to face Central Michigan, a pair of one-in-two teams. Ben likes Central Michigan at home. Gritham, can I go Central Michigan? I think Borden Schlager, though, he's, he's, had, he's had a good season so far. 
just looking at Central Michigan, though, I think just looking at they, you know, 30 points a game, you know, 424. FIU's defense is going to get really tested in this ball game, so give me the Chippewas of Central Michigan. We didn't really decide on a game of the week. We're going to make it UTSA Memphis, and we'll come back to that here in a, in a little I bit. Be, I, I, yeah, oh, could we pick the game? Of the week? I would have gone Marshall App State, but yeah, Marshall App State's another good one too. But I like this UTSA Memphis yeah, game. Two undefeated teams. We'll come I, back I like to that, that one. Game too. Buffalo Old Dominion, a pair of one-win teams. We'll go at it Saturday evening at Old Dominion. Ben likes Buffalo. Two teams going through head coaching changes. Ricky Rain comes over from to Old Dominion. We've talked about Rain a lot. Lance Leopold, he went to Kansas. How about this? Midway through spring ball. Yeah. So about halfway through the spring practices, Leopold gets, okay, go to Kansas. He's, you know, that job's in there. So they bring a new head coach over at Buffalo. This game's going to be very close. Closer than a lot of people think. I'm going to go with the Bulls, though. I, I think, I, I remember Buffalo last year. They are, they're a very good rushing team. So I'm going to go with the uh, Bulls of Buffalo. Two winless football teams will play at Rice Stadium Saturday night. Rice and Texas Southern. Ben likes Rice. I agree with him, Rice. I think this is a good game for Rice to to really get the quarterback problem figured out. You know why, Andrew? This game's going to be a blowout. Hmm. So give me the Rice Owls. Big. Conference USA matchup. There is only one. There's actually two Conference USA football games that featuring teams against each other. One in the East. We've talked about Middle Tennessee State and... Charlotte and now North Texas and Louisiana Tech. What do you like here? Justin LaTeX is being picked by Ben. Agree with LaTeX. I'll tell you why, though. I think LaTeX's been a very. I think LaTeX's going to have a good bounce back week. It's very difficult to lose a game by two points, but they got to get over the mindset of this. They got to play all. F- 60 minutes. This is not a 45-minute football game. You can't just decide 45 minutes, okay, I'm going to throw in the towel, game's done. You actually got to play the full game. They've lost two very close games, but after they lost to Mississippi Mississippi State, they rebounded against Southeast Louisiana. I think they do the same here. I'm going to go North. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go La Tech, but they got to actually finish the game and not throw the towel in, but they've struggled all year, so give me the Bulldogs. Southern Miss, Bama, Ben likes Bama. Justin, you don't even need to say anything. FAU Yeah, I don't need Air to say Force. anything. Roll Todd. That's what, that's what I'll say. FAU Air Force. Ben likes FAU on the road against the Air Force. Well, it's interesting. Air Force is not... Here's, here's a fun fact for you, Andrew. Air Force is the only team of the military service academies that does not run triple option. <laughs> they, the Navy and Army run the triple option. Uh, Air Force is having a good season, but I'm going to go Air Force in this game. and because I think, here's the thing, Florida Atlantic's going up into higher altitude. This is the highest altitude they're going to play all season. So I'm interested to see how they, how they adjust the climate. So give me FAU. Air Force, I apologize. Give me the Air Falcons. Force. Yeah. Air Force it is. UAB Tulane, a good football game here. Tulane's favorite. We picked this Who would you go with, Tulane? Yeah, Tulane. Tulane, Tulane, Tulane. Okay, Indiana, Western Kentucky. Still another good matchup here. Western's going to host the Hoosers who are favored by nine points. Ben likes Indiana to win this football game. Western Kentucky is going to get tested. I think Indiana's a good football team. They were a top 25 team last year. Give me Indiana big. This is going to be a blowout in Bowling Green. Final game for Justin and Ben. To pick. Here's Ben's pick. He's not with us tonight. UTEP in North New Mexico. He likes UTEP. This is a tough game. These are, I think these are two very interesting football teams. I think they're both trying to get the culture changed 
in their locker room. But New Mexico comes off a very tough blowout. This is going to be the toughest non-conference game, the second toughest for New Mexico. UTEP, another tough. This is their tough, the second toughest non-conference game. So they're both coming off of tough losses. UTEP's had the bye week, though. And actually, they didn't have a bye week. They, actually, they did have a bye week. Oh, yep, they more. were off. Yeah, they were. Holy moly, this is what happens when I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> uh, apologies, folks. I'll be on top next week. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, UTEP here. UTEP just with the rest component. All right, there you go. Justin's picks, Ben's picks made by me. We'll let Justin go do his yep. thing downstairs. Again, Sportsview will start at 6.30. We'll sign off here at about the 6.26.27 mark. We'll take a break. When we come back, Alex and I will talk Inside Conference USA and the games upcoming here in week four. You're listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Go ahead, Swift 1 2. Sergeant Dale Beatty was wounded by a roadside bomb. Colonist Swift 1 2 is en route with urgent ASAC to Mercy. ETA approximately 35 minutes. How copy? Now begins the most important journey of his life. Roger, Swift 1 2. From the battlefield to home. Home to some very good medicine. His family's love. They'll be staying together at one of the many Fisher Houses to help Dale get better and return to his life. Fisher House Foundation provides comfortable housing and other services to the families of wounded warriors and veterans while they receive care at military and VA hospitals. Fisher House is among the highest rated charities with 95% of donations going to help our military families in their time of greatest need. Remember those who serve and sacrifice. Fisher House, because a family's love is good medicine. Go to fisherhouse.org for more information. Your home for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP Ravenswood, West Virginia. This is former Marshall pitcher Jordan Dixon, and you're listening to the worldwide leader in Marshall Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Back inside Conference USA, Andrew Rogers with our guest engineer, Alex Jackson. He's behind the glass, and he's going to talk some Conference USA football because Justin has gone downstairs to prepare for Sports View. That will start at 6.30, and Ben Cowers under the weather and not with us here. So let's, go, let's do it, Alex. Your first week here with Conference USA. Maybe we'll start bringing you back every week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah, set perhaps. Up maybe the record. Maybe we'll, we'll see how the more. record goes here, and maybe that determine um, what comes to be for your on Inside Conference USA. We'll start the Friday night matchup, Middle Tennessee State and Charlotte. Two teams um, in Conference USA action here. Middle Tennessee State lost this past week to UTSA, so it's going to be their second Conference USA matchup, second one on the road as well. So back-to-back games on the road. Charlotte will play its first Conference USA game. I'll make the pick first down because I like Charlotte at home in this football game. The offense has been a little bit shaky for me, but still putting up uh, 400 yards of offense in its first three games are the 49ers. The defense at times has struggled a little bit, but I think they'll do enough at home, rebound, and able to take down this Middle Tennessee State team. Just to test things off, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. I've got you. Okay. I I, I can't hear you when this is on, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take Charlotte in this game as well. I'm going to take Charlotte in this game as well. Uh, I believe that Middle Tennessee State just hasn't looked very good. Only 199 yards of total offense last week. And Charlotte, uh, as we mentioned previously in the program, defeated Duke earlier in the season. I, I'm going to take Charlotte in this one at home. Yeah, definitely a Charlotte team that is going to try to get off on a good foot. The 49ers favored by three points. 
in this football game. FIU Central Michigan. That's the Friday night game with Charlotte Middle Tennessee State. Every other game is on Saturday despite the Marshall App State game. We'll mention that briefly before we wrap up the program. But FIU Central Michigan, a pair of one and two football teams as FIU travels to Kelly Shorts Stadium in Michigan to take on Central Michigan. Alex, what do you like here? I'm going to take Central Michigan over FIU here. Uh, I just, you know, I believe the spread's uh, 10 points for Central Michigan there. I I don't know. I'm just a bit shaky on FIU this year. I, I feel like that they've kind of fallen off a little bit from their uh, pretty good season in 2018, and I, I, I'm just going to take Central Michigan here. This is definitely an intriguing matchup. I think Central Michigan is going to win this football game, but don't be surprised if FIU uh, keeps this relatively close because Bordenschlager at quarterback's been good with the big play. Justin mentioned briefly earlier on the program about um, Bordenschlager. I think his pass, I think his yards per attempt is about around 16, which is tops in the nation or close to it. So he's been really good at quarterback despite his completion percentage being down six touchdowns, a couple of picks. Devontae Price is a good running back. But I think Central Michigan gets it done uh, at home against FIU. A good football game here. Buffalo, Old Dominion. A pair of one and two teams. Buffalo is favored by two scores. And I think they'll win by more than that. I like Marks Jr., the running back there. Van Trees is a good quarterback that's been there for several years. I think Buffalo runs away with this one against Old Dominion. Yeah, I think Buffalo is a really good team. They were a couple plays away from beating Coastal Carolina last weekend. That looked like a pretty solid matchup. And for Old Dominion, uh, at this point, a couple of blowout losses, one against Wake Forest, one against Liberty. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they did not play last year. Is that is that accurate? Old Dominion did not, correct. Yep. So I, I think come, you know taking a year off and then coming back in, I, I think Buffalo is a lot better than their record shows. And I, I think Buffalo, like you said, I think they'll run away with it. Yeah, that's definitely a great point you made about Coastal Carolina. That matchup a week ago, a 28-25 loss to a Coastal Carolina team that I believe is ranked, correct? Yeah, 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're close to the 15 range. So I think Buffalo runs away with that game as well. Rice, Texas Southern, a pair of winless football teams will go at it at Rice Stadium. I like Rice. Yeah, I'll take Rice. You know, it's tempting to take Texas Southern, but then you look at Texas Southern's record. They've gotten blown out a couple of times, and they just don't appear to be a very good football team. So I'm going to take Rice to get their first win of the year. So Rice is playing its final conference U- or non-conference USA matchup. They'll host Texas Southern there for their final non-conference matchup, trying to get its first win of the year. Conference USA battle, Louisiana Tech and North Texas, two teams out of the West Division. North Texas is coming off a blowout loss to UAB that we discussed earlier. So they're 0-1 in Conference USA play. Louisiana Tech is going to play its first Conference USA game. I like the Bulldogs. This is a football team, Alex, that has lost two games to quality opponents by a total of three points. A one-point loss to SEC foe Mississippi State and a two-point loss to SMU's got a good offense. And that was lost on a Hail Mary. So give me Louisiana Tech by a couple of scores at home against the Mean Green. Yeah, and I think when you look at um, common opponents, you, you see what North Texas did against SMU. They got blown out, and then they got blown out against UAB last week. And Louisiana Tech, as you mentioned earlier in the program, a couple plays away from being 3-0 and and having a win over an SEC opponent. So um, I'm going to take LA Tech as well. All right, we'll move on uh, to Southern Miss Alabama. The, the spread on this is 45 in favor of Alabama. Uh, Southern Miss is not going to probably win this football game, but... I think one key to maybe keep this close is try to establish a run game. Frank Gore Jr. struggled this past week, only ran the football for 30 yards on 15 carries. 
So if he can get going maybe early on, Southern Miss is able to control the game, keep the football out of Bryce Young's hands, and he's been phenomenal. They're coming off the win against Florida uh, in, in total this year, 800 yards of passing, 10 touchdowns. So try to establish a little bit of a running attack early and don't do anything that puts this game away in the first quarter, if that makes sense. Justin and I have talked about it all year uh, leading up into these non-conference matchups when these Conference USA teams go and play these top 25 teams is one or two plays early in the football game that are plays that quote-unquote shouldn't happen or rarely happen immediately swings momentum. And last week for FIU against Texas Tech, it was a pick six. For Old Dominion against Wake Forest, it was a special teams touchdown on a, I think it was a punt return or either a kick return. So avoid that. Establish a running game. You might be able to keep it close. That's probably what I'll go with, but Bama wins the game. Yeah, I will say this. Bama will not cover the spread. I think they're going to win 52-10. to 10. So. 40, 45 is a lot. That's a lot of points. And I think, you know, we've seen Alabama, I wouldn't say struggle, but, I mean, they gave up 14 points to Mercer. So I And Saban's not happy about that. But I think it'll be 52-10. That's my prediction. Fair enough, fair enough. FAU and Air Force. This is another intriguing matchup. Two 2-1 two football teams. The Air Force coming off uh, a loss, a 49-45 loss to Utah State. Well, FAU's won two in a row after dropping its first game of the of the year to FAU. Air Force also defeated Navy 23-3. What do you like here, Alex? And then I'll make my pick. This is tough for me because I, I believe that Air Force is a good football team. But, you know, I'm a Miami fan. Nikosi Perry transfers from Miami, goes to FAU, looks amazing. Out of respect for Nikosi Perry, I'm going to take FAU on the road to knock off Air Force here. Solid pick. I'm going to agree with you. I like FAU. This is an offense that's been rolling nearly 300 yards passing and 178 on the ground so it's an offense that's well over 450 total offense the defense has been solid this will be a, a stiff test though I think the biggest test since that Florida game blew out Georgia Southern blew out Fordham a test here against Air Force I think FAU gets it done on the road UAB Tulane this is another good football game the spread here is three and a half it was the same for FAU it might have been four and a half in favor of Air Force against FAU so a, another close game projected here with UAB going on the road to face a Tulane team that, look at these numbers, 35 points against Oklahoma, 69 points against Morgan State, and then just 21 and a loss by 40 points to Ole Miss. So a little bit of an interesting dynamic here to look at. A Tulane team only lost by five week one to Oklahoma, and then you get blown out by 40 to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a ranked team, but still the top five team in Oklahoma you keep it close with and then you get blown out against Ole Miss so interesting dynamic against now a UAB team that's coming off a dominating performance yeah I you know that that performance looked impressive against Oklahoma until you saw that Oklahoma struggled with Nebraska I think that speaks more to Oklahoma struggles than Tulane perhaps I think Tulane's a good football team I actually will take them to win this one I think it'll be a close one at home I think you know, the edge of, of UAB having to come out of their, their home field, I, I think that Tulane will get it done. Based off what UAB did a week ago against North Texas offensively, I think it's going to come down to defense who can make the plays. And I haven't seen Tulane, based off these scores and the numbers, make enough big plays defensively. And UAB's defense, that's what they're known for. They shut out Jacksonville State, held North, North Texas to just six points. And those six points coming late in the football game, and UAB already had the game out of reach. So I'm going to go UAB because of the defense coming up big late in the football game. Another good matchup, Indiana-Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers are going to welcome in 
the Hoosers for an 8 p.m. matchup. It'll be broadcast on CBS Sports Network. I will go with Indiana. I think this is a close football game. Bailey Zapp in Western Kentucky at home might be able to keep this closer than people expect, but I think ultimately Indiana and what they're able to do offensively with Penix Jr. is going to be enough. Yeah, and th- this you know looks exactly like a upset pick. You would have a team going on the road. We've already seen uh, some CUSA teams beat uh, some Big Ten teams. U- UTSA beat Illinois earlier in the season. Yep. But here's the deal. I think that Indiana's a lot better than their record shows. They went up against Cincinnati, who is arguably the best group of five team in college football, and they played Iowa, who absolutely dominated Iowa State on the road. So I think that Indiana will win this game, and I think they'll win it fairly comfortably. All right. Indiana, we both like them there. I won't be surprised if that's an upset, though. If Western wins that game, I won't be shocked, but I'm going to pick Indiana. One more game, and then we'll talk about the game of the week here. UTEP, New Mexico. I will go with UTEP. UTEP's 2-1. and one. New Mexico's also 2-1. and one. The Miners had a week off, and I think they'll be well-prepared against a New Mexico team that's coming off a shutout loss to Texas A&M, giving UTEP to improve to 3-1. and one. Yeah, I, I'll take UTEP here as well, but I, I'd say be careful because I think coming off of a blowout loss, now granted having the extra week to combat that, I, I think those emotions um, getting blown out by Boise State, you know, hopefully it doesn't linger. You see some of the same mistakes. I will take UTEP in this one as well, but I, I expect that to be a, a very close football game. UTSA Memphis, that is our game of the week. Memphis out of the American Conference is 3-0 and zero this season. The Tigers have defeated... Mississippi State by two points, Arkansas State by five points in what was a 55-50 game, and Nicholas State 42-17. UTSA on the flip side, 3-0, a seven-point win against Illinois, a blowout win against Lamar, and the win against Middle Tennessee State. I'm going to go UTSA. I think they continue to add to what's been an impressive non-conference slate and a start to the season. It's a defense only giving up 14 a game and scoring 40 a game, so I'm going to go UTSA. Yeah, I'll go UTSA as well, just because I feel like Memphis has been playing with fire the last couple of weeks. I mean, they gave up 50 points to Arkansas State and nearly choked away a game against Mississippi State, so I I think that UTSA has been the more consistent football team this season, and I'll take them to, you know, I guess if you want to call it an upset on the road in in Memphis, take them. All right, that does it for Inside Conference USA. For Alex Jackson, Justin Zimmer, and the rest of the crew, I'm Andrew Rogers. Stay tuned because Sports View is next. Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode.